I'll give my latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, and Spotify. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out the new Off the Floor. If you subscribe to Winnow, you really should subscribe to this. No more Winnow. This one is on Discord. This one is actually interactive. So make sure you check it out. It's posted right here in the description. Also on the description, well, on the, excuse me, on the pinned tweet on Five Reasons Sports. So check out the new Off the Floor on Discord, host updates, Q&As, chats that seem to be going 24-7. And yes, you can mute it. The new Off the Floor on Discord. And now, oh, a sponsor too. Better Edge, use the code 5RSN, get $20 to play. My apologies. Uh, our contest there are only 10 bucks for NFL, three bucks for NBA. You do the math. Obviously, that's a good deal. You can be playing for free right away. And again, you can find the line that you want, and it is legal because you're betting against others who use it. It's a social betting property. It is not a bookie property or anything like that. So check it out. Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Get $20 to play. And now today's episode. Down to this gang. Yeah, uh, five on the floor, drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We are going to try to do a nuanced episode here. It may be a bit of a challenge because we know that Heat fans have strong opinions about this, and we're only 10 games into the season. The Heat, by the way, are 6-4 and four. as we speak. This is about 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday. They're in third in the Eastern Conference. So after all of the consternation, the 1-4 and four start, Caleb Martin being out except for one game, Tyler Hero going out after, what was it, uh, eight games, right? Or, yes, at this point, or seven and a quarter games. Um rotations all over the place, starting lineup changes. They're third in the East. Uh, They're third in the East. I mean, you know, and we, we talked about how the East, like nobody was going to run away with this thing. Boston is good. Philadelphia is better than anticipated. Obviously Tyrese Maxey is a shooting star at this point and beats playing at a high level, but they're right there. And they're right there after an off season that essentially had heat fans all jumping off bridges. And so what we're going to try to do is go back now and look at the offseason. We did about 40 episodes about Dame Lillard. They didn't end up getting Dame Lillard. They thought if the Portland Trailblazers would actually engage with him, they would get Dame Lillard. So we didn't make any of it up. They just were dealing with a counterparty that was acting spitefully. And that's essentially what happened. Dame Lillard ended up getting sent to Milwaukee. Drew Holiday ended up getting rerouted to Boston. Portland has a bunch of new players. They're they're three and six on the season. We'll get into them in the second part of the episode. Focus on the heat here in the first. But Greg, I do think that it's time to have sort of an evaluation of what didn't happen and how it's played out. Because we talked about so many of these possible offers. And we know, you and I both know, that if Portland had engaged, 
the Heat would have sent a number of players away, regardless of what their reported first offer was. They were willing to trade Tyler Hero. They were willing to trade Jaime Hawkins. They were willing to trade Nikolajovic. They were willing to trade, say, Caleb Martin to Phoenix to facilitate Aiton getting to Portland uh, if that's ultimately what Portland wanted, <coughs> Excuse me, which is an entirely different conversation. They were willing to grab the first-round picks necessary to make this happen. They wanted Dame Lillard. So this is not going to be, okay, they dodged a bullet, so to speak, on purpose. They didn't. And we're not even going to say that they necessarily dodged a bullet, but we do. We want to get into it. And I'm going to start here, okay? I'm just going to throw some, some numbers at you, and then we'll, again, try to evaluate what didn't happen and how it's played out. So I tweeted this out today. Now, Tyler Hero is not healthy right now. We know that. He's going to miss roughly, you know, another two to three weeks, we expect, something along those lines. So he's going to miss several more games. Raw numbers right here, Okay. Dame Lillard has played in seven of Milwaukee's nine games to start the season. The Bucs are five and four. He has averaged 24 points, four rebounds, and five assists. All three of those numbers are down considerably from where he was in Portland. You expect to take a bit of a dip. He's playing with Giannis now. It's natural, okay, but it's a pretty significant dip in a couple of those categories. His shooting splits are 40% from the field, 29% from three. I'm going to repeat this because I'm going to get to right. another guy in a second. This is an important part of this for Dane. Yes. The shooting splits continue. The shooting splits. 24, 4, and 5. Shooting splits of 40 and 29. Tyler Hero has played in eight games for the Miami Heat this season. One of those games he hardly played, which hurt the averages. Okay? Because, I mean, he would have scored more points in the game if he doesn't uh, turn his ankle uh, as he steps on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s foot. 23, 5, and 5. So Dame is 24, 4, and 5. Tyler is 23, 5, and 5. And again, if Tyler just plays out that game, his averages are probably closer to 25, 6, and 6, because that's where he was trending. Okay. So either way, better than Dame, but would have been a little, little better than that. And the shooting splits on Tyler Hero for all the talk of inefficiency. 44% from the field, Dame's at 40, 38% from three, Dame's at 29. And if somebody's going to throw defense at me, you should be watching Dame Lillard play defense this season because he has been horrific defensively. The metrics, the eye test, all of it, and Milwaukee's defense has tanked without Drew Holiday this season. Greg, I'm not saying Tyler Hero is better than Dame Lillard. I'm not saying that right now you would trade Tyler Hero for Dame Lillard. I'm not that much of an idiot. But you're telling me that the Portland Trailblazers didn't want a guy who could give you 23, 5, and 5 on 44, 38 splits at 23 years old on what looks like a fairly reasonable contract? A. That's oh. why they're going to suck and continue to suck. And that's why bad franchises continue to be bad franchises. People try to talk me into these new waves that come throughout the league. And usually they don't catch on folks like every once in a while. And I used to make fun of the Denver Nuggets. Like they've figured it out because Jokic transcends all of the other stuff. Right. <clears throat> but a lot of these orgs that are bad are bad and there's not a player on their roster right now doing what Tyler's doing. So the fact that they thought he was duplicate, duplicative, 
of anything that they got going on is ridiculous. And here's the other part about this that I think is interesting. This would be if if the season uh, were to end today, and I know it doesn't, and we're just checking in here early, folks. I promise Ethan and I will check in on this topic multiple times throughout the season to see how this evolves because I think it's worth it because think how much attention and energy we put into this all throughout the summer. So we we deserve to check back in on it. But as of right now, this would be the worst shooting season of Damian Lillard's career. And that is eye-opening to me because last year he shot 46%, which was higher than usual, but still 40 and 29, like that is really low. The defensive stuff has been weird. I think that this requires a bit of perspective and that had he came to Miami, maybe they're able to cover up some of the defensive inefficiencies. Maybe he is um, more uh, juiced to be in Miami and ends up playing better and shooting better. Or maybe the, the stringent rules in Miami, or I don't know, Spo maximizing. There's a million things we could say that that great, talent of Damian Lillard's would be maximized by Spolstra and company. So maybe we shouldn't think that, that, that this is what would be happening in Miami. So that's an important qualifier, but we are, as we look at Dame in Milwaukee and we look at the players that Miami ultimately didn't end up giving up and, and you're right. They, I think they were willing to give up everything you mentioned. They probably in a perfect world would have held on to one of the things you threw out there. Jaquez would have been great, but I don't know who they ultimately were holding on to closest. But right now, I said there was no such thing as an overpay for Damian Lillard. The Damian Lillard that is suiting up and playing and producing for Milwaukee right now, there is such thing. There is such a thing as an overpay, and it would have been everything Miami sent. We'll see if that continues all season. Well, look, I, I, I skipped ahead a little bit. There are really four elements to this. So I think now we've already touched on all of them. Let's deep dive on them one by one, okay? Because you mentioned the Portland part and that that Tyler not being duplicative. I think they would argue if Anthony Simons was healthy, there would be some duplication there, and he got hurt after one game. But let's save the Portland part for last because they are last, and we don't really need to get into them a ton. So we'll do that on the second part of the episode. The, the three other parts of this that are interesting are the Dame part, the Heat part, and the Bucks part. So let's start there, okay? And to touch on Dame, because let's tie in the Dame with the Bucks stuff. I think if Dame is coming to Miami, he's a different player than he is in Milwaukee because he wanted to be in Miami. So some of this, again, this is a nuanced episode. We have to say that, okay, that it's not just that Spo would maximize him. I think Dame would be more energized to play, and perhaps Jimmy would be more energized than he's been so far this season also. And so even if there were some growing pains at first, which we saw with the big three heat, we've seen it with pretty much every big three or, uh, you know, uh, a star-heavy core except for like the 2008 Celtics. Like that, they are the the one. Uh, they're the one outlier to this because they had three guys all at the same sort of the same position in their careers, 
who all needed each other. They they played different styles, and that just clicked right away. The majority, and they only won one championship, by the way, although they act like they won 10. But the majority of these either don't work or they don't work right away. We're even seeing this in Phoenix right now where they just the three of them can't get healthy together. Durant's the only one who has been. We've seen it with uh, Pippen, Barkley, Olajuwon. We've seen it with Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, Kobe. Like a lot, Most of these don't work right away if they work at all, okay? Look, Harden, I'm not even going to call Harden a uh-huh. big four component anymore, but the Nets Harden, or what was supposed to happen with Kyrie and Durant, again, they, there were issues. So – I don't know that it would have been perfect in Miami from the start, but I think it would have been better simply because Dame wanted to be in Miami. And so I think there would have been this incredible energy coming out of training camp from him and the others. Also, obviously, Spo being able to maximize him, which is obvious, which gets to the Bucks part of this. Okay, before we get to the Heat part, it appears now that the Bucks may have made kind of a panic trade. Like, I, I think... They would do it again also because of where Drew is in his career. But the roster doesn't really fit the Dame-Giannis dynamic, at least not so far. Again, five and four overall, Dame didn't play two of the games. They don't have the defensive pieces anymore to cover up for Dame. It's Giannis and it's Brooke, and that's pretty much it. The rest of the team is weak defenders. And the other issue that they have is Chris Middleton is just not the same guy. And if he's not the same guy, specifically on the defensive end, that is problematic for them. And they also have a coach, and this is the biggest part. And this reminds me of David Blatt in Cleveland when LeBron went there and other situations where you bring in an inexperienced coach to coach a contending team with expectations. Rarely works. Boston was forced to do it. Last year, because of what happened with Udoka, I believe, and Heat fans may not agree with me on this, if Udoka's coach, and we see it in Houston right now with what he's doing in Houston, because whatever the personal stuff is, the man can coach. I think if Ime is coaching the Celtics last year, they probably beat the Heat. I I, Spolster so overmatched Missoula uh, last year in the playoffs that I I think that was ultimately what tipped it, okay, in, in the game seven. So I think what Milwaukee did, Milwaukee did it because there was a name. They're trying to keep Giannis long-term to placate him. Obviously, they yeah, got him to sign the extension, it. so it worked. And it's they also splashy. wanted to keep him away from the heat, yeah. right? And it was a splashy move. They would do mm-hmm. it again. You're right. I think that where it's painfully obvious is that the rest of what they did in the offseason came prior to them making the day move. <laughs> and so they didn't fortify the roster in a way that makes sense to maximize those two. And now they're feeling those growing pains. And Chris Middleton, if he doesn't return to form, like that's a big issue for Milwaukee. And Milwaukee already, like if you listen to uh some of the national shows, Brian Windhorst and such, they talked about how uh, folks were looking at Milwaukee saying that could come crashing down soon because of the repeater tax, because of all of the players that they had to re-up to keep, like Brooke Lopez who has a, a big salary, Chris Middleton. Now they have Damon Giannis. They are all in on this particular build, and it's uh, a situation where They'll probably figure it out because Giannis and Dame are so great. But right now, those two together are averaging seven turnovers a game. I mean, like, that's just not how you're going to win consistently. And so it hasn't looked good there. Uh, 
but I still think they would do the trade. And honestly, I think Miami, despite it all, would probably still rather had it work out more timely, but with Dame in Miami too. Do you, do you disagree with that? No. And I want to, I don't disagree with you. And I want to cover that right after the break here, we get to them and get to Portland, but Milwaukee did what Heat fans wanted Miami to do. They 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 went all in on the Giannis build. Now Giannis has a championship, but there was another factor at play, which was Giannis's extension. In the same way that fans wanted Miami to go in on the Jimmy build, so I, I'm not going to criticize Milwaukee for doing it. But you're right; it was an unplanned move. And so the rest of the roster is not there yet. And the question with them is, because sometimes it takes a year, like the Shaq build in Miami, Pat said when they got Shaq, we're not there yet. This is, you know, we're going to make additional moves. And then they did in 2005, right? Like, I mean, the plan was not to have Damon Jones as their long-term starting point guard. Okay. Like they They almost got it done. Almost, but they probably, if Dwayne doesn't get hurt, they probably does, but they did not that first year. I mean, that they exceeded expectations, to be honest. Okay. With what they put together around Shaq and Dwayne after, you know, moving. I mean, Brian Grant was still playing for them uh, and be starting. And, you know, but then obviously Karan and Lamar were core pieces on, on the team the previous season. They had to pivot, dueling, you know, uh, you know, Damon, you know, UD his first year as a starter there were things that they had to do that we didn't know if they were going to work. And they did. I mean, that team was real. The team, honestly, in 2004, 2005 was better than the team in 2005, 2006. It's just that the team in 2005, 2006 didn't have the key injury to Dwayne in the playoffs. And he went nuclear and they had veteran role guys around who all had their moments, which was kind of what, what Pat had planned for. And maybe I didn't foresee when I, when I did, when I disliked the trades in the 05 offseason. You like how I sneak that into this episode? No, go. Yes. I, I mean, I always take the hit for that. But but the but the thing is, like, sometimes it is a two-year build. But the question with Milwaukee now is do they have the maneuverability after this season if it doesn't work mm. to 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 fortify the roster around Dame and Giannis the way it needs to be? While Dame is still happy about it, which I think could be a concern if they flame out early, and also if Middleton is just declining to that degree with what they're paying him, it's going to be difficult. And the other thing is, you know, are you going to blame the coach after one year? Because uh, that that's you know because that's the easy fix usually is just go get a different coach. Well, you can't go get Spo. I mean, you can't go get Nick Nurse at this point. I mean, I think that's who they should have hired, to be honest. And I think we see that in Philadelphia. They went with a guy in Adrian Griffin who has been highly touted as an assistant for a long time. Can you imagine Jimmy in a playoff series against Adrian Griffin? (laughs) Right. Well, that's the thing. I I don't think that if they could – if they knew they were getting Dame, do they hire the guy that Giannis wanted, which was Adrian Griffin? Probably not. They probably – if they knew they were getting Dame, that probably would be enough for Giannis. And then you go get a coach with significant experience. And Adrian Griffin may turn out to be a very good coach, but it, it's difficult to jump into a team that has to win now. And I'm looking at the Milwaukee uh, to Bucks Twitter, and they're flaming Adrian Griffin every night. And it might just really be a roster construction problem, but they're not going to give him the opportunity to sort through it. At least the fan base isn't. 
And again, Nick Nurse, Emi Udoka, whatever the issues there were, were there. And I think both of them, if they were coaching this team, it would look different. And to be honest, for all the criticism of him, if Bud was coaching the team, yeah, it would look different. Okay, so for now, I, I think, anyway, till the playoffs. <laughs> till the playoffs. I, I think. I think what happened was again the Bucks made a move because it was available, and it served a bunch of different purposes, but they weren't able to plan out the move the way I think the Heat, if they had gotten Dame, they kind of knew what they were going to do. Like you're going to go get these additional role guys, whether it was a Dennis Smith Jr. and Ubre or Christian Wood or whatever. This stuff was all set up, and you had your coaching staff, your infrastructure in place. The Bucks were changing their infrastructure, and then, oh, Dame's available. Okay, and all right, now we're going for it. And and I, so I do I think they would do it again? Okay. Yes. Do I think they're coming out of the East? No, I don't. I I, I I don't think they're from what I've seen so far. I don't think they're good enough defensively to come out of the East other than again, Giannis or Brooke. And I don't think you can count on Brooke to hold up uh, and anchor this thing alone with Giannis for an entire season and a postseason. That's just the way I look at it. As, as we close the page on Milwaukee, um, it's just, it, it's a situation where I think that they could just out of greatness, maybe rise up and win and win the conference. But for now, uh, I, I, I don't see it. I, yeah, I, and I think that that's going to be a really weird dynamic as they try to shuffle going forward. It, it, it It's a rare circumstance there. I, I think Chris middle, Chris Middleton has to be really good getting paid that much to be their third best player. Who's supposed to be a two way player. And I just, I don't know that he has it anymore. You know, I, I, I always thought I, I was, he was a really good player. He got elevated by some to a higher status because of playing next to Giannis and pushing up, you know, into sort of that stratosphere. I, I don't know. And now he's been through some injuries. There's some age there. There's some wear there. I'm not sure. All right. We got a sponsor to tell you about. When we come back, we will finally get into the heat and Portland sides of this. I knew this was not going to be a 20-minute episode. That's fine. There's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot to unpack. We're kind of doing it as we go. Uh, but first, a word from our friends over at Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But, fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season, introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. We shouldn't be talking about New York. So go to manscaped.com. It's not even New York. It's New Jersey. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. All right, let's get to the part that everybody cares about here in the 23rd minute of this episode, the Heat. So we agree they were willing to go almost all in on this. Like maybe they hold back a piece, but other than Jimmy and Bam, there wasn't a lot that Portland couldn't get to or some other team couldn't get to with the assets ultimately going to Portland, you know, being redirected if Portland had actually acted like mature adults and engaged with them. Correct. Uh, so, right. Yes. We, we, they, we agree on they, that. They, they would have felt like, damn, I wish it didn't cost everything. But I personally believe that um, – Everyone up at the very top of the organization likely would have said, okay, go all in and give it all. So, yes, the short answer is every asset you mentioned at the top of this episode would have likely, had they had to relinquish them, they would have. And and to that point, uh, ownership was fine with it too. So the criticisms of ownership and what they would and would not do, I know for a fact – they were one of the few organizations that was willing to pay the freight on Dame at the end of his contract, which now <laughs> we'll see what that looks like in a couple of years. We discussed it a lot on the podcast, but if he's going to defend like this, okay, we'll, we'll again, we'll see how people feel about it in two years if it doesn't come with a title. So they were willing to do this. Now you look at the players they were willing to include. Tyler Hero we saw get off to an outstanding start for the Heat. There's always going to be nitpicking. But I'm not going to nitpick too much at somebody who was giving you 25 points on 44 to 45% shooting with close to 40% from three. Okay. Who, who competes competes on the defensive end, particularly off the ball. Okay. And there are certain on the ball limitations he's always going to have. But I thought off the ball, he was compete. He was he was playing hard defensively. He was getting in the passing lanes. Uh, there was some chase down stuff. Okay. So he was off to a good start. Okay. How it fits with the Heat. It's a conversation we'll have until the end of time. But he was off to a good start. Now, Caleb hasn't played. I mean, we're going to be talking about him a lot. He played one game, and then he went out again. He's still not back. And I don't know how serious this knee thing is going forward, but the fact that he tried to push through it the one game, he told me after the game he wasn't comfortable, and then we haven't seen him since. Okay. I, I think, again, they were willing to part with him if if they had to, if it was to make a deal happen. Yeah. Aiton, was part of the deal anyway. So this whole thing about Portland, as we shift to them in the last part of this episode, well, they got eight and they got this great asset who, by the way, is not any great asset. Actually, if you watch him play, they could have gotten him anyway. It just sort of required Miami to send Caleb instead of Grayson Allen going to Phoenix. Okay. So that we should stop with all that stuff. Jovic, people will say he hasn't played for Miami. You certainly would have been willing to give him up. I that's another podcast we're probably going to do. Hawkes. What's funny about Hawkes is the whole thing was well, Portland, who by the way liked him, okay, mm-hmm. in the draft, 
Um, the Portland wouldn't want Hawkins because, you know, they, they, they want more developmental type players. I mean, they took Chris Murray, who's older than Hawkins. They took him right after Hawkins. And he's played in four games and has not accumulated a single stat yet. So uh, they probably could have used Jaime Hawkins. Yeah. But how about just another, go get good team. players, dumbasses? <laughs> right, precisely. <laughs> That's what we should clip. But as far as far as the Heat go, I mean, it's the question. Like looking at what they are now, assuming Tyler's going to come back healthy, assuming that they're going to get something out of Caleb this season before they make a decision on whether to trade him, keep pay him, or or what where they go there because they've got some duplication now at those positions. Would you right now? Dame Lillard's on the table. It's going to cost you Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Hakez or Jovic, the Duncan Robinson contract, which, by the way, it's more than a contract now. He's a real functioning player who might be your third best player so far this season. Um, and the Kyle Lowry contract. Who, by uh, the way, is your starting point guard right now? I mean, for better or worse. And let's say two first round picks. They would have gotten two for Tyler. Two pick swaps. They probably would have gotten two for Tyler. That could have sweetened the pot here, I think. Um, so Tyler wouldn't have head, headed to Portland ultimately. So, well, well, but they, that's they, the they, they had, they had of, offers. That, they had offers. They say they had offers for Tyler of two first round picks and that the teams didn't want it out there for the same reasons that the Heat didn't want it out there, what they were offering. But they they claim, and I don't have any reason to dispute this based on my conversation around the league, they could have gotten two first round picks, maybe protected, but two first round picks for Tyler Hero. That, okay. That helps. And then you also said, carefully worded, Jovic or Hakez. And it's funny to look back because I think the larger percent to total of fa- fan base would have said, send Hakez after we watched Jovic in the in in the summer, uh, you know, just playing, etc. And probably some Heat fans probably are still in that bandwagon and they love the, the idea of Jovic and his potential. But the way Hakez is played, if you're telling me I can keep Hakez in this, I absolutely do it. But even that, like, let's just cut the crap. Yes, you'd still do the deal because I would bet on this organization to, one, probably a couple of them guys we've talked about would have landed in Miami or, or players similar that could give relatively the same production. And I also just bet on them to find other guys that would contribute and do great things. Hayward Highsmith would have still been there and he would have been um, all up in the mix. So uh, I'm not betting against any team with Hayward Highsmith, damn it. No, but I would still do the Dame deal today, even if all those were the assets that were going out, frankly. So, so are we saying then that the difference? Because I gave you the numbers on Tyler and Dame, and I'm not saying that Tyler is at Dame's level even at this stage. Okay, even at 23 yeah. and 33 or whatever, we're saying it. But are we saying the difference between Tyler and Dame is culture? Because no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying in a possible transaction, the difference. You just want to say culture a bunch of times and guts. I, I got to cut that off. So the difference between Tyler and Dame is at least two first round picks. Okay. Cause you, maybe you get two for Tyler, you get one plus a second for Tyler, something like that. So you're saying the difference is two first round picks, Jovic or, or Hakez, Martin, 
Lowry's no contract and Robinson's contract. Definitely no. No, no, no. They're they're Tyler and Dame are much closer to each other. I just so if, ultimately... that, so if that's the case, would you do because would you do the deals that we because you're saying you would. I would. But it, it but defies logic. The... It defies <laughs> okay. logic. And also okay. we're using the benefit of hindsight, but and so like I feel a little weird just like flipping on my uh, on my ear like that but like this is the the part of it i ultimately despite what the numbers are telling us right now and i don't think all of those assets are are would have even been the difference had tyler not started the season like this i like tyler hero go forward to me it was about getting we talk about boston's big three and how they got off to such a great start because of how they fit so well dame the bam we're watching and a Jimmy rejuvenated, mm. excited because he got the guy who he asked the franchise to go get. I just want to see what that looks like more than what I want to see what this looks like. That's just where I'm at. So before we get to the Portland part of this, to close, we would agree it's an overpay. So we've said there's no such thing as an overpay for. Dave I was Lowe. wrong. I was wrong. It, it would have been a significant overpay, but. In your view, at least, and mine to a degree still, because of some of the things you're mentioning about, I think Jimmy being energized is the single biggest thing actually out of all of it, okay? Because if this is the Jimmy you're getting throughout the season that extends into the playoffs, you're not winning anything anyway. I I understand that everybody thinks there's going to be a spike in his interest and his attention and his focus, and perhaps that is coming, okay? I don't think he suddenly declined to the degree that we've seen. But also, if he's going to be a 42 to 44% shooter and you're like, oh, there's the one play that Jimmy made in this game that stands out, that's not going to cut it. They're not winning a championship like this. So maybe with Dame coming, the scoring output might have been where it is right now. But I think the energy, the efficiency would have been higher than it is right now. But I, I think where we agree is I think it's a significant overpay. Actually, looking back at it, mm-hmm. what Cron- and that helps us pivot to Portland, what the Blazers could have gotten – but I think I would have done it anyway, and I said at the time they should do it, so I don't want to backtrack on that either. But I'm having second thoughts about my previous view. As I'm watching, as I'm like, okay, what if they had thrown in Hawkes to make the deal done? And it hurt. Caleb's gone, and Hero is performing at that kind of level. It would have hurt a lot. Now, again, you still do it because of yeah. Jimmy's window. It's supposed to hurt. Right, but it would have hurt. But let's get to the Portland side of this, okay, as before we close. I mean, I understand the moleskin notebook and everything and the, and the love letters that Woj wrote to Cronin. Can, can, can we look back at what he actually got right now? I mean, are we serious here? Everybody was praising Joe Cronin for holding out. I mean, what did he get? Clown. Somebody explain to me what he got. He would Aiton is never going to be a centerpiece type player ever. It's not in him. He does not have the heart for it. We saw it in Phoenix. They're trying to win a championship in Phoenix and they dumped him for Yusuf Nurkic. That tells you everything. And I trust James Jones, by the way. Okay. He knows if a player has the heart to win a championship, he is a champion. He dumped him. They would have gotten eight in anyway. Here's the trade. That's, that's the first thing. Let, let, let's just okay. recap the trade quickly before we close. Yes. The Bucks, the Bucks got Lillard. 
The Suns mm-hmm. got Yusuf Nurkic, who we've already told y'all a hundred times was that was prearranged to happen regardless of this. They got Grayson Allen from Milwaukee. They got Nasir Little, who I think Portland was trying to send with Dame no matter where he was going, including Miami. Yes. And then Keon Johnson is the other player there. Um, and Portland got Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara. Camarara, or however you say his last name, a 2019 first round pick and two pick swaps. 2029 first round pick. Yeah, excuse me. 20, yes. It says 2019 in the graphic, but they obviously messed up. And the the 2029 pick was from Phoenix, correct? Uh, yes, I need the, this graphic was so awful that I'm going to try to find another one with better detail, but yes, I think you're correct. All right, and then okay, so now let's now let's subtract Drew. And for Drew, yeah, twenty twenty nine pick and a pick swap in twenty twenty eight twenty thirty. Just to clear, and, and and who cares about the damn pick swaps? Because nobody knows what what players what where teams are going to be standing at that point. I say that all the time. Okay, now now let's substitute out Drew. Okay, so for Drew. They got Robert Williams, whose career is already cooked. I'm sorry. I, I, I root for the best for the guy because the Boston Celtics completely screwed him over when he shaved the meniscus, okay, instead of repairing it and came back too soon. Now he's hurt the other knee. I'm not a doctor. Compensation injuries happen all the time. Okay, who knows, okay? But the point is he was damaged goods one way or the other, right? They got Malcolm Brogdon, who's playing at a, at a, at a pretty high level for them right now. To what end? Like, what are they getting from Malcolm Brogdon? Like, and he has injury issues also. He couldn't pass uh, a physical this have... summer. Continue. Correct. So are they getting a first-round pick for, for Malcolm Brogdon? At best, maybe a protected first, probably two seconds. Maybe with what we saw with the second-round currency last offseason, you know, last uh, trade deadline when Jay Crowder went for five second-round picks, maybe you get three second-round picks for him. I, I mean, if they had flipped Brogdon and, and Robert Williams right away – it's a different conversation. And, they didn't. And guess they what? Picks... To... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. And, and the two picks they're getting are what from Bo- from Boston and Golden State, right? Or from Milwaukee and Boston and Golden State. Yeah, no. So, but to clarify them because it, it it feeds directly into where you're going. So I just feel like I'm I'm assisting you here. 2024 first round pick from the Warriors, which I don't think will end up being great. And then a 2029 middle of the, middle of the first round at best, probably. Yep. And then a 2029 unprotected first round pick from the Celtics, which I guess they can think of that as some sort of lottery ticket, but I don't think of it as as such. Jason Tatum is not old. Tatum's still going to be in his relative prime. I mean, mean, unless something happens to him, he's going to – I mean, Tatum's only 19 years old, right? Right now, isn't that what everybody says? (laughs) So so what would would he be in in 2030? He'd be be 26. He'd still be be 19. He'd still be 19, right? Exactly. Deuce will still be six. Um, but look, they're they're counting on the Celtics to suck. Okay, I mean, the Heat would love that. But, I mean, we're not talking about going to franchises that have been consistent. I mean, they didn't get first-round picks from Detroit. Exactly. Okay? They, they got first-round picks from organizations in Boston. And I'm sorry, the first one is from Milwaukee or from Phoenix. I apologize. It's the first, the initial the, trade. It, it's Milwaukee. It's a 2029 pick from Phoenix. From Phoenix, okay. Yeah. So you have three organizations that have been consistently competitive. They didn't want the Heat's picks, right? Because the Heat are too good. But they got they got picks from Golden State, Phoenix, and Boston. 
Okay, that's what they're sitting on. So these could be middle first round. They could be lottery. They're more likely to be middle first round or later, right? Okay. Oh. And what else? It, they're gonna... it was from the Bucks. I'm sorry. I keep derailing okay. things. The pick was from the no, Bucks. No but but still the your rules apply. Continue. Okay. And then and then the pick swaps, I don't give a damn about because you don't know what those are gonna be. And for Brogdon, like I said, what are they gonna get? Two seconds? Maybe. And for Robert Williams, they're getting Robert Williams, they're getting nothing. They're getting nothing. Like nobody's trading for Robert Williams as a positive asset right now. Again, not his fault, but he's he's had serious injuries now to both knees. Like they're not. So what did they get? Like, is anything that they got gonna be better? Because they were gonna get eight anyway, and I would argue he's not better than Hero. Is anything they got gonna be better than Tyler Hero? Or Hani Hakez. Nope. Or I didn't even get to him yet. Is anything they got gonna be better than Tyler Hero? No. Okay. Is anything they got going to be better than Jaime Hawkins? No. Do you trust that organization? Now, Shane Sharp looks like a bit of a hit right now, okay? And so they got Simons late in the first round. But, um, I mean, I don't know what Scoot's going to be. <laughs> it's way too early to judge that. But do you trust that organization to find a Jaime Hawkins in Listen. the 16 to 20 range with one of these picks that they got? Chris no. Murray was supposed to be just like Jaime Hawkes, a plug-and-play player ready to contribute immediately, and he hasn't garnered a stat yet. So, no, I don't trust okay. him. Is anyone in the national media going to go back and look at the trade like we just did? Absolutely not. They're just going to keep showing the Bucks on TV. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad.